Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. Animals that produce many offspring tend to have short lives, while less prolific species tend to live longer. Cockroaches lay hundreds of eggs while living less than a year. Mice have dozens of babies during their year or two of life. Humpback whales produce only one calf every two or three years and live for decades. The rule of thumb seems to reflect evolutionary strategies that channel nutritional resources either into reproducing quickly or into growing more robust for a long-term advantage. But ant queens can have it all. That's next. Space travel depends on clever math. Find unexplored solar systems in Quantum Magazine's new daily math game, Hyperjumps. Hyperjumps challenges you to find simple number combinations to get your rocket from one exoplanet to the next. Spoiler alert, there's always more than one way to win. Test your astral arithmetic at hyperjumps.quantumagazine.org. In some ant species, Queens live more than 30 years while laying the thousands upon thousands of eggs that become all the workers in the nest. In contrast, worker ants, which are females that don't reproduce, live only months. Yet, if circumstances demand it, the workers of some species can step up to become pseudo-queens for the good of the nest and to reap a significant extension in their lifespan. What governs this gigantic range in ant lifespan is poorly understood, but two recent studies have revealed important details about what makes the lifespans of ants so flexible. In science, researchers at New York University showed that some ant queens produce a protein that suppresses the aging effect of insulin. This allows them to consume all the additional food needed for their egg laying without shortening their lives. And in a preprint posted on the bioarchive.org server, researchers in Germany described a parasite that greatly lengthens the lives of its ant hosts by secreting a rich cocktail of antioxidants and other compounds. Both studies add to the evidence that the observed lifespans of organisms have little to do with limitations imposed by their genes. Laurent Keller is a professor of ecology and evolution at the University of Lausanne in Switzerland. Most of the studies about aging are done on organisms which have very short lifespan because people work on model organisms. And model organisms have been selected to have a short generation time. <laughs> so most of the work is done on things which don't live long, like mice, Drosophila, C. elegans, for example. So I think social insects are... The ants and the social insects are very interesting because they can have extremely long lifespans. Keller says social insects offer fascinating opportunities to study the importance of gene expression in aging. That's because the queen and the workers in a colony often have the same genome, but differ in their lifespans by an order of magnitude. For some perspective, two decades ago, Keller showed that ant queens live about 100 times as long as the ancestral solitary insects from which ants evolved. Arjuna Rajakumar is a postdoctoral fellow who now studies the reproductive constraints on worker ants at the Whitehead Institute at MIT. He says because workers are short-lived, you can try to figure out how to make them live longer. 
The exciting possibility is that the metabolic mechanisms extending the lives of the insects might also apply to other species, including humans. Raja Kumar says they want to understand how you make something live longer, not just why something lives so long. For decades, studies have pointed to insulin and the biochemical signaling system that it activates as key regulators of aging. Insulin affects how body cells take up and use the sugar, glucose, so it has a fundamental influence on the amount of energy available to cells for growth, reproduction, and repair. In the process, it also regulates the generation of potentially harmful free radicals and other oxidizing molecules that are byproducts of metabolism. Many researchers suspect that this is why caloric restriction diets, which keep insulin levels low, seem to extend lifespan in many species. Insulin seems to have added significance for ants. Work led by evolutionary biologist Daniel Cronauer at Rockefeller University showed that changes in how ants respond to insulin seem to have coaxed them to evolve altruistic colonial societies with reproductive queens and non-reproductive workers. A few years ago, Vikram Chandra was a graduate student in Cronauer's lab, studying the differences between ant queens and workers. Insulin was very much on his mind. He and Ingrid Fetter-Pruneda, a postdoctoral fellow in the lab at the time, co-led a team that looked at gene expression in seven ant species. They concluded that more insulin signaling occurred in the brains of the queens than in the workers. When they injected worker ants with insulin, it activated their dormant ovaries and triggered egg development. Cronauer, who oversaw the study, says these findings showed that insulin signaling caused the ants to become reproductive. That discovery laid the foundation for new work conducted as part of a long-term collaboration between biologists Claude Desplan and Danny Reinberg at New York University. They showed that evolution has rewired some components of the insulin signaling pathway in ants in ways that could explain why the queens live longer. Desplan and Reinberg studied Indian jumping ants, whose queens live about five years and whose workers live only about seven months. But in this species, this difference in lifespan isn't set in stone. If a queen dies or is removed from the colony, the workers sense the change almost immediately from the disappearance of her scent. Some of them then become gammergates, or pseudo-queens, that duel for dominance to take her place. Eventually, a handful of victorious gammergates, usually between three and five, jointly take over the queen's role as the egg layers for the colony. Other workers then police any unnecessary gammergates, forcibly suppressing them from laying eggs. Desplan says the gammergate's behavior isn't the only thing that changes. They develop functional ovaries and can lay eggs, and their lifespan extends to three or four years. Which means they extend their lifespan by five to ten times. Because gammergates aren't as prolific as queens, it usually takes three to five of them to replace the queen's output of eggs. If a gammergate is introduced into a colony where a queen is living, the gammergate reverts to being a worker, and her lifespan shortens. Here's Desplan again. They get really, really taken care of, they get fed, and then they have to eat a lot to be able to produce a bunch of eggs. So they start producing eggs, and therefore their whole metabolism changes. 
to be able to accommodate this egg laying. Desplant says when a worker becomes a gammergate, it's different than what happens in humans with insulin. It's a bit different from what you do normally when you have insulin. You know, when you eat a lot of food, you are going to have a, basically when you have high sugar in your blood, you're going to transform this sugar into glycogen into your liver and store this for when you have a worse day, when you have starving. Okay? But they don't do that at all. So they do get a lot of sugar and food, but then they make a lot of lipids. And instead of storing the lipids, they send them to the egg. From previous studies of insulin and aging, the NYU researchers had expected that greater insulin signaling would be linked to a shorter lifespan, not a longer one. The researchers found the answer hiding in the details of insulin signaling. When insulin binds to its receptor on a cell surface, it sets off cascades of reactions inside the cell, including two distinct chemical pathways. One pathway activates an enzyme called MAP kinase and is critical for metabolism and ovary development. The other pathway suppresses a transcription factor that seems to promote a longer lifespan. The researchers looked at the Gammergate's ovaries and their fat bodies, which are roughly equivalent to the mammalian liver. To their surprise, they found that the MAP kinase pathway was active, but the other one was not. Further work showed that the ovaries of the Gammergate's strongly expressed a protein, IMPL2, that ignored the MAP kinase pathway but interfered with the second pathway in the fat body. Here's Desplan. So somehow this protein appears to have the function of protecting one pathway that allows metabolism, but inhibiting the pathway that leads to aging. Other researchers point out that the new study doesn't definitively show that IMPL2 affects lifespan. Desplan and Reinberg didn't directly test whether activating the protein in workers would make them live longer, or if inhibiting it in gammergates would make them die sooner. Such experiments are challenging because they might necessitate injecting the ants with insulin inhibitors for months or years. Nevertheless, Vikram Chandra, who is currently a postdoctoral researcher at Harvard University, says Desplan and Reinberg's proposal that the ants are manipulating the different branches of the insulin signaling system is interesting. It's a really plausible, interesting hypothesis, I think. If it simulates more labs or their own lab to, say, try to test this, that would be very cool. It is a lot of progress for this field because this is a hard thing to study. Chandra says he doesn't think we know from this study whether or how insulin signaling affects ant longevity because it wasn't explicitly tested, but he says it's worth studying. Since it's easier to perform genetic experiments on fruit flies than on ants, Desplan's team is now seeing if they can extend the lifespan of Drosophila fruit flies by activating their expression of IMPL2. Maybe one day we can move to mice and to see whether mice can also live longer if we treat them with that. So we have a lot of exciting work to do. In a strange twist, nature seems to have already run its own version of a similar experiment in another species. Researchers in Germany recently discovered that a parasitic tapeworm has evolved the ability to manipulate the extreme plasticity of ant lifespans to its own advantage. The tapeworm must spend part of its life inside acorn ants, which get their names from the nests they build inside individual acorns. When the workers go out to forage, they sometimes eat a tapeworm egg and get infected. But to complete its life cycle, the tapeworm also needs to infect a woodpecker. 
It gets that opportunity when woodpeckers eat the acorn homes of the ants. A few years ago, Sarah Barros was a student in the laboratory of Suzanne Feutzig at the Johannes Gutenberg University of Mainz in Germany. She opened some acorn ant nests. Acorn ants are usually brown. Barros made the odd discovery that while all the uninfected workers died during their months of observation, the infected ones turned yellow, similar to young ants, and didn't die. Feutzig remembers Barros telling her about it. He noticed, well, you know, Suzanne, everyone is dying, but these infected ones, they are not dying. I was like, well, that's not possible. Everything dies. And she said, no, I'm telling you. And so I said, okay, well, then mark the ends and, you know, do it properly. And so she did. Feutzig's team presented their work in the summer of 2022 at a meeting of the International Union for the Study of Social Insects and then posted it on the bioarchive.org preprint server. They showed that during the tapeworm's larval stage in ants, it pumps proteins into the ant's equivalent of blood, called hemolymph, and that dramatically extends the lifespan of the worker. Unlike the Indian jumping ants, Acorn ants don't normally develop into gammergates, so the parasite's extension of their lives has no natural precedent. Here's evolutionary biologist Daniel Kronauer. What exactly the molecular effect is that causes the longevity increase, is, we don't know. But here it's cool, right? I mean, the effect is super strong. It's like in the uninfected workers, survival drops to like 50% after 200 days. And... With the infected workers, you're a thousand days out, and they're still just kind of approaching 50%. So it's like a five-fold increase or more. So they kind of look like the queens. Meaning that their mortality rates are as low as those of the queens. The parasite's manipulation extended the lifespan of workers so much that Kronauer says you basically can't distinguish it from a queen's. Although the infected acorn ant workers don't become reproductive, Feutzig says they do become more queen-like in several respects. They work less and draw more attentive care from uninfected workers in the colony. If the queen is removed from the nest, they're also the first workers to develop ovaries. Feutzig and her team found that the tapeworm larvae produce and secrete more than 250 proteins into the hemolymph of the infected ants. That's enough to make up about 7% of all the circulating proteins. Here's Feutzig. So we tried to find out what kind of proteins these are, and unfortunately, for a large fraction, we don't find an annotation. We could identify at least two substances among the substances released, among the 20 most common substances, and they are both antioxidants. So it looks like the cestode is actually releasing antioxidants into the end, and this could increase the lifespan. When Feutzig and her team measured changes in gene expression in the parasitized ants, they found that the infected ants were also making more antioxidants. Moreover, the queens and the infected workers were expressing more of a gene called silver, but the uninfected workers weren't. Researchers previously linked the silver gene to an extended lifespan in fruit flies. It's clear that a suite of developmental and metabolic changes occurs when workers become more queen-like, but it's difficult to tease apart which of the changes is most important for extending lifespan. 
Insulin and antioxidants are important, but Laurent Keller thinks that many other factors are also likely to play a role. There are lots of ways you can repair your DNA, you can repair your cells, you can repair everything, but it requires some energy. And so I think there would not be a single pathway which would simply explain difference in lifespan. You need to change many things, probably. Keller thinks that the findings about the parasites are fascinating because parasites typically shorten rather than lengthen life. But in this case, the extension of the ant's lifespan also seems to be adaptive for the parasite. The tapeworm needs to persist in the infected ant long enough for a woodpecker to find the acorn and eat it. If the worker dies before then, the tapeworm dies with it. By lengthening the life of the worker by years, the tapeworm improves the odds that a woodpecker will eventually show up. The abundance of antioxidants in the hemolymph may also help tapeworm larvae live as long as their hosts do. Suzanne Foitzik says the parasite is exploiting a social host, but it wouldn't make sense to do that with invertebrates. In invertebrates, it might infect. It doesn't make sense because if you're infected, you will never live so long. But in a social insect, where the queens already live in the safety of the nest for 20 years, you can kind of play that trick. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Vivienne Collier's full article, Ants Live 10 Times Longer by Altering Their Insulin Responses, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. <laughs>